Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Voodoo is a religion that originates in Africa, in the Americas and the Caribbean. It's thought to be a combination of various African Catholic and Native American traditions. But why is it portrayed as morbid or violent? Welcome to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, and this week we're discussing voodoo. Voodoo probably isn't what you think it is. It might be easier to start with what voodoo isn't. Voodoo isn't accurately portrayed in the media. It isn't a cult, black magic or devil worship. And voodoo isn't morbid or violent. It isn't the same everywhere and not everyone who practices voodoo does it in exactly the same way or agrees on exactly the same thing. And the use of the term voodoo doll implies that the practice is linked to the religion, but it is not prominent in either. When we think of voodoo, we think of strange, frightening, satanic rituals involving animal and human sacrifice, possession of a human body after dancing in a trance-like state. Perhaps a voodoo doll pops into one's head and the drinking of blood. Where does voodoo come from and what's it all about? Is it something to be frightened of? It's said to have originated in Africa around about 6,000 years ago. During the 1700s, African slaves were brought to Haiti to work the French landowners' fields. New Orleans was then a Catholic religious state in the USA. Both religions became entwined and some of the Catholic saints, like St. Peter, who stands at the pearly gates of heaven, had now become known as Legba, the gatekeeper um, of the spirit world. Today, it's alleged around 6 million people practice voodoo and is recognised as a true religion. The word voodoo means spirit or deity, and the religion is based on the belief that everything is a spirit. We humans can see and live in the physical world, but the unseen world is inhabited by luwa, which means spirits. These Luwa live, including our passed-on loved ones, in a beautiful land called Ginen, which means a heavenly Africa. The ultimate belief of voodoo is to sevi luwe, which means serve the spirits by praying and performing certain religious rites. God and the spirits will return the favour by giving protection, health and love. 
By dancing into a trance-like state, the devotee can become possessed and by doing so, the spirit can then give advice, walk around in the human body and they can even perform medical practices on the sick. Some families inherit the same spirit that helps that certain group and are called upon to help in certain situations. Can you imagine if your grandma or dad could possess a living person and through them have a chat with you, give you advice and have a cup of tea? How wonderful would that be? Maybe I should get into a bit of voodoo and report back. As a child, I remember watching a James Bond movie, Live and Let Die, and remember the voodoo priest with his wild eyes and a rather large snake. It absolutely terrified me. I remember having to fast forward through that bit. I've also seen, like many of you, the voodoo dolls being used on the big screen, and that too fascinated and yet frightened me. Could this voodoo black magic really work? As some of you know, in a past episode, I told you of my encounter with a voodoo doll and still to this day don't understand what happened. And if someone placed a voodoo hex on you, how would you feel? Some people who really believe in voodoo have actually died. Was it the hex really working its dark magic or just because the receiver of the hex really believed in it and quite literally scared themselves to death? One woman, Marie Laveau, born in 1801, became known for her healing and spells in New Orleans. She's regarded still to this day as the voodoo queen. She began by inviting black and white friends to her home where they all dressed in white, sang and danced and praised the spirits, leaving offerings of food and drink for a gift for their god. Marie would become known throughout the community for being very charitable and very kind, giving advice on law and how to get a husband. She was regarded highly, so her voodoo rituals must have given hope to so many as her name lives on to this day, so much so that people leave presents on her grave, hoping that her spirit will help them from the other side. Marie Laveau was also one of the first to use a voodoo doll. In most voodoo rituals, an object or a gree-gree is used. This is a way that spirits and mortals can be brought together. A voodoo doll is small and made out of soft material. Sharp pins are then pushed into the doll, causing pain and harm to the person that has been attached to it. This is done usually by taking nails or hair clippings and placed inside the doll. A chant is said connecting the doll and the living person, and then the person wielding the pins has all the power. My very first experience with a doll like this happened during the broadcast of a Most Haunted Live show. I think it was an episode that was located in a derelict hospital in Wales. Hair and nail clippings were taken from all the team and then pins were stuck into a small doll. I remember watching on a screen in the studio as Brian Shepherd, the chosen recipient of the experiment, uh, who was our psychic at the time, writhed about in absolute agony. At first it looked a bit funny. I think we were all in a little bit of shock as this was so peculiar to look at uh, and certainly a sight none of us had ever witnessed before. It looked so strange, even comical, but... It then turned very sinister. It wasn't long before we saw Brian on the floor writhing in agony. And speak of the devil, but Brian Shepherd is here with me now. Oh, I'm always delighted to talk to you, Brian. How are you, sweetie? I'm good. I'm good. Likewise, it's always good to uh, it's always good to talk to you there. Always good to talk to you. 
Oh, so obviously we were talking talking about that time. I want you to cast your mind back. Now, I can't even remember what year it was, but we were doing a live at, I think it was Denby, uh, an old hospital in uh, Wales. And we had decided as part of the investigation that we were going to do a voodoo doll. Now, this is the very first time that we'd sort of gone down this road. And I remember uh, a member of the crew took hair and I think nail clippings from all of us, all the members of the team, and then they chose one. Um, and that, that, that was randomly. So they didn't even know who it was, I think. Um, and then we were each separated and I think you were in a in a in a cell somewhere in in Denby in the underneath uh, the hospital. What can you remember? Well, first of all, I'd like that hair back. <laughs> um, yes, indeed, I was. I was in a cell, a, a cell. Yes, a cell. I remember um, this doll, but I can't remember. You know, for the life of me, from where it came, <laughs> if you like. I mean, someone brought it in, and it basically was part of. Basically, it was part of our experiment, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. To to refresh that, the place we're talking about, the place we're talking about in the what was that, a former a former psychiatric hospital, wasn't it? Yes, I think we called it a poppet, which is sort of the English version. That's right. That's right. Now my memory is coming back to me. We we were investigating there to try and find um, any evidence of past. What should we say? Cliche, evil, if you like, evil, um, in in that area, which then went maybe went on to influence the lives of people. That um, yes, indeed, of course, some were patients, but other people who worked there and lived there. And I think the voodoo dolls in, it sort of introduced um, as an experiment. And what we found from that voodoo doll. Because as you rightly say, I think we collated things like bits of hair and, as you say, nails and whatever, whatever, from various various people uh, to try and, you know, stir things up a bit, you know, in terms in, ter- in terms of the the feel of that of that area. Do you know what you're on I mean? And I remember that doll. And there was, you know, what is it really? A doll's a doll. But having said that. Things change when that doll certainly was near me. Now, I can't speak for some of the other, you know, crew that were there at the time, but certainly when it was near me, things changed. The atmosphere changed. Now, I believe, and it's only my belief, that those way back, those influences, those that evil, if you like, from way back was channeling through that doll. And I remember being very upset because I I could see you on a screen. I was in the studio and we were watching what was happening uh, and we had a shot of you in the cell. It was a locked off camera. And I remember you be, one minute you were were screaming because your arm was killing you. And this coincided with the pin going into the doll. And then the pin would go into another part of the doll and then you would grab your and I remember your legs something about your legs and you were on the floor at one point and I said that's enough that's enough stop stop so what do you remember about that being alone in the dark and fi- what did you feel can you remember well of course it was the weirdest thing I mean uh, uh, it was it was horrible it was horrible to be you know experiencing that 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 sensation and you know immediately I thought 
you know, this is wrong. This is totally wrong. As I say, when that doll was near me, I, I really did feel a threat from it, you know? In what, um, did you hear voices or was it just a feeling? Well, or well what was... I mean, within the hospital itself, and I, I don't know if this is on record or what, but there were certainly, there were certainly noises, there were movements, um, banging noises. And I, all right, you could say, yeah, well, well of course there were. There were, there was quite a few people there, you know. But this was, this was under very, very controlled situations and conditions. I mean, you remember, I mean, we wouldn't have people walking about if we were sitting there listening or calling out or whatever you want to do. Well, there were people walking about and banging cameras or whatever, you know. I mean, but things were heard there and movement was seen. I, all I'm saying is I think there was a, there was a significant channel through that thing, that doll. Can you remember the feeling? Was it like a sharp yes, pin feeling? Sharp, that was... Yes, it was. It was. It was. It was. It was always being <gasps> prodded by some sort of very, very sharp implement. Wow. You know? I mean, think, well, yes. Yeah, and I, and I it, know you? you, and I know you, and I be- absolutely, when it happened, I was, I mean, we all were. But like I said, it actually, at first, it looked comical because it was like, it, we, I think it was because we were so gobsmacked by it. We, we, and, yeah. we, and nobody had ever done this sort of experiment before, not on national television. So it was just the yeah. weirdest thing to see. Yeah. And it, at first it was comical, and then it turned from that into this is sinister, and then... And then when we saw that you were you were genuinely in pain, that's yeah. when I remember I was crying. I was really upset about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, none of us like being in pain. And I'm sure if we watch someone in pain, you know, with the sound on, they'd be screaming, wouldn't they? But you, you imagine it if you're watching it on a, a, a monitor and you didn't necessarily hear any sound, they'd be writhing about and it, it could look very comical, couldn't it? Well, that's exactly what happened. We weren't hearing the sound of it. We were just seeing the pictures. So do you actually believe in, I'm asking you because you've experienced it. I haven't, I've just witnessed seeing it once with you and once with Stuart. And I have to say, I do believe in it. What it is, I do not know. But maybe you've hit the nail on the head. The voodoo doll is summoning a negative energy and the energy is somehow going into the door. What do you think it could be? Well, I think, and once again, I'm going to say disregard mental patients in hospital over those years that it was open and all the rest of it. I think it was deeper than that, and it was far beyond that. I think what it was channeling was a real threat from those darker times when people were, as you say, witches were identified. And there was a whole thing going on, wasn't there, with witch hunts? Yeah, there was. Um, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, there was. I mean, it's, it's not overdramatic to say, is it, that a lot of villages lost a lot of people, a lot, a lot, a lot of they women, women yeah. because they were yeah. accused of witchcraft. Now, I think these were cries from the past, and I think it was being picked up by that blessed doll and channeled through to us. That's what I think. How extraordinary. I really do. I mean... Do you believe, then, that... Like, so, voodoo is a religion and they, you know, they do spells and so on and, and, and they use the earth, you know, plants and animals and so on. Do you believe that people can be hexed? Do you believe that perhaps somebody could put a curse on you? And do you think that it can 
it actually can happen to some poor, unsuspecting person. Yes, I, I wouldn't discount it for the world. I mean, there's lots of things we don't understand in this world, aren't they? I'll fully understand. We know of certain aspects. We know that, as you have just said, that voodooism is a religion in some parts of the world. I mean, Haiti, for instance, in the Caribbean, is well known. I mean, an actual fact, we must also consider the other side of that, in that some of these dolls are not used as a threat, as, you know, malevolent kind of, you know, implement towards other people. Um, they can also be used for healing purposes. Um, but the doll in and so to, to answer your question, yes, yes, of course, I, I think. And in and in the and in the wrong or right hand, in other words, someone who knows what they're doing, I think it's quite a dangerous one. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've got a um, an amulet of the evil eye, you know, in my kitchen thinking, oh, gosh, you know, because you, you, somebody can push out that hate towards you, can't they? It might not be a hex, but if somebody doesn't like you and they're constantly thinking negative thoughts about you, I think that can affect that person. Bad luck or whatever whatever you want to call it, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly that, you know. Well, I've only got loving thoughts, loving thoughts coming out across the airwaves to you. Oh, <laughs> oh, and uh, well, I hope so. And I hope you're not holding a doll and on the other hand holding a pin <laughs> or some kind of dagger or device where, you know, I'm going to run screaming from this room. Knitting one, as we speak, that looks very much like you. It has got one hair on top, uh, but off. I shall only be using it for <laughs> medicinal purposes. <laughs> right, I love you and I'll speak to you soon. All right, but one, just to sum up very quickly, as I say, there was something about that doll, something living um, or, or, or someone living or dead was present and active from within that doll. This week's story is from James, who recounts his first experience with an old lady whilst he was on his computer. Hi, my name is James Rendell, and I consider myself an amateur paranormal investigator. I've been on investigations in locations all over the UK, many with Yvette herself, with Most Haunted Experience. And I have been fascinated with the supernatural for many, many years. I've got multiple books on the subject. I've done research online. I've investigated places. But my first paranormal encounter happened long before I even started thinking about this. This would have been in my early years of secondary school in my hometown of Hastings. And this was when I was visiting a friend. Uh, We were playing video games, I was on his computer, and he went out to get some snacks, either drink or something like that can't remember the exact details. This was a long time ago. And yeah, he went out and I was playing this game. I turned around and there was this old lady just stood there, just watching me. Full, very solid, could have been somebody alive. And yeah, she was just watching me. And I thought, 
okay, probably his grandma. Didn't think anything of it. Had my headphones on, turned around back to the computer, carried on playing. And something made me look round again, like a second or two later. Don't know what it was, like a double take kind of thing. So I looked round and she was gone. So I was like, okay, she must have quietly walked out again. I don't know. So I turn back, carry on playing the game for a bit, and my friend comes back into the room, and I'm like, oh, I think your grandma was in here. Uh, I think she what watching me or something, or she was. She came in, and he was like, my grandma doesn't live here. Turns out um, that there was a ghost in the house of an old lady who used to live there had been seen by my friend and her, uh, his family a few times and it was an old lady who had died in the house and yeah she um, comes and visits she watches she watches what you're doing i had no idea of this at the time so yeah my first encounter with a spirit was a full-blown apparition looked absolutely solid you would not think it was a spirit at the time. And because the lady hadn't died that long ago, I think it was probably it would have probably been in the 80s. Um, the, the account I had was in the late 90s. So the clothes she was wearing would have, would have been relatively modern. You wouldn't have thought that it was a spirit. Turns out it was. And ever since then, I've been in love with Most Haunted. And luckily enough, I have joined Most Haunted Experiences at several locations and had the absolute honour and pleasure of investigating with the likes of Yvette Fielding, Carl Beatty, Stuart Torovell, and other members of the team. So yeah, that is my paranormal encounter. I hope you enjoy. Thank you. James Rendell, how wonderful to hear from you. Yes, we've had many a spooky evening together, haven't we, investigating during Most Haunted Experiences. Wow, well, you never told me this story before. I love the fact that you thought you saw your friend's grandma, but in fact wasn't. It was just the old lady that used to live in the house. And the fact that you saw her ghost and that she was solid, so when you think about it, how many people have we seen maybe, talked to, interacted with, um, that were ghosts? Um, I mean, my guess, dozens. I mean, your story, James, actually reminds me, and I've told this story before, so forgive me, of the soldier, the ghost of the soldier that I saw at the bottom of my bed. Now, that ghost was totally solid. Um, and also, uh, I was investigating one of many prisons that I've um, spent the night in, <laughs> not because I did anything bad. Um, it was absolutely terrifying. I remember us all being together um, on the ground floor of A-Wing, I think it was. And um, in the distance, 
No, it wasn't. It was upper floor. That's right. And we were at one end. And in the distance, I saw a solid figure come up from behind a wall. It was very strange. And he was facing me and I saw the outline of him and he had uh, no hair. He was completely bald. Um, it seemed like he had a, a jumper on or something. And he was so huge, muscles. And he stood up really slowly. And he was as solid as, as you or me. And then something was thrown at us and it was only when it landed on the floor and it was thrown with force it was a snooker ball and in between me and the apparition was a snooker table I tell you I was so frightened because we all thought that somebody had got into the prison and as part of a prank they might have guessed that we were filming there decided to start throwing things at us so we all ran after this who we thought was a real person, but there was nobody there. And all the doors were locked. There was no way anybody could have got in. So I saw a ghost and it was solid. And I, I've seen a, a, a few like that. So wonderful, the fact that you, you you saw this lady. And thank you so much, James, uh, for sharing your story and your love of Most Haunted. And I'll see you soon. Oh, sorry to interrupt your podcast. We didn't do that. It's just been magically done for us. We do a podcast, which I think you might like if you like this podcast. Our podcast is called The A to Z of Men with me, Chris Brooks. And me, Scott Robinson. And what's the podcast about, Scott? I mean, what we're doing really is giving you an insight, a delve into the male mind. We're going through the alphabet letter by letter. I submit a word. Chris submits a word and we battle it out to see what word goes in to the A to Z of men. And you can get us wherever you get your podcast from. Just search for the A to Z of men. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
Welcome back to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding. Well, this is very exciting for me because joining us on the podcast today, we have Benjamin Radford, who's a writer, investigator, and a skeptic. He's also the deputy editor of Skeptical Inquirer Science Magazine, and he's written hundreds of books uh, involving the paranormal and all sorts of strange and weird and wonderful things and how to perhaps, um, uh, in your mind, put a, a, a more logical view on things. And that's what I want to talk to you today, Benjamin, really, is about voodoo and about hexes and curses. What do you think about voodoo? And is it real? I mean, I know it's a real religion, um, but um, people becoming possessed and hexes, what do you think to all of that? Yeah, well, it's a, it's it's a fascinating topic, right? Because there's so many aspects to it. Uh, as you mentioned, it, it's real insofar as there really is a belief system, right? In the same way that there really is a Catholic belief system, there really is, you know, these other belief systems. Uh, but when you start getting past the uh, the sort of superficial, uh, oftentimes pop culture glosses, if you will, uh, to some of the more sensational claims, uh, such as uh, possession or uh, zombies or or curses and things like that, that's when things get a little murkier. Um, you know, in the case of, uh, of voodoo or of voodoo, um, you know, it, there it, it's, it's a belief system in so far as, you know, it's, it's a, it's much broader than is often depicted, for example, in, on TV and in horror films. It's basically um, a, a fairly otherwise mundane system, uh, uh, Afro-Caribbean religion in, that was originated in Haiti, of course, um, and it basically just sort of believes in, in a supreme being. Uh, and there are lots of sort of um, smaller deities uh, that might be considered the, 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 the version of Catholic saints or loas. Um, and uh, and the, the, the believers uh, will, will uh, petition uh, specific saints. So, for example, you know, if you're if you're a fisherman, you might, you know, you might petition a particular loa if you're looking for for love or money or success or health, whatever else. And so um, that's basically all it is. The, the one twist, the one thing that sort of got a lot of people's attention is that one of the ways in which these loas or these these uh, these uh, divinities um, interact with people is through possession. And th this is what intrigues me. I mean, th this this to me is. I mean, I've I've seen um, somebody allegedly in a possessed state, and I I wasn't convinced. Um, I would love, you know, to see um, somebody who is um, truly possessed in a in a. A paranormal, supernatural way, if if you know what I'm, I'm, I mean, and um, I, I've seen video footage of it. Is it just the brain getting into a, a real heightened state where the people actually believe that they are possessed, but in fact they're not? Yeah, well, there's a couple of different par parts to it. Um, I, I have been in, in the presence of people who claim to be possessed, um, I think, three or four times off the top of my head, uh, sometimes in a religious setting, uh, other times, for example, during ghost hunts. Um, ghost investigations. I've been where, for example, uh, it's pretty common that psychic mediums uh, who are looking for ghosts in some location will go into a trance and say, oh, I'm I'm communicating with the ghost and I'm, I'm becoming a psychic medium. And they'll start relating these often very uh, ornate stories uh, that they claim the ghost is telling them uh, about their lives and, and why they can't cross over to the other side and things like that. 
Um, and it's all very interesting and, and sort of gothic and strange. But, of course, it's all in their heads, right? The rest of us can't see the ghost or the spirit they're allegedly communicating with. Um, and so uh, I think that in, in most cases, when you're talking about possession and, and, and there, it's also true for, uh, for curses, and we could, we could touch on that as well. But certainly the, the people that are possessed, there's a couple characteristics. Number one, of course, they believe in possession. Um, and that's important. It seems kind of obvious, <laughs> but it, it's an important point because because if you have a pre-existing belief in this, then by definition you can think that it may happen to you. So, in the same way that skeptics, for example, are rarely, if ever, haunted by ghosts or the victim of curses or possessed by spirits, uh, because it's not within our worldview. It's not. That that doesn't make sense within within how we understand the world. But if you if you grow up in 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 these religions, whether it's whether it's Catholicism or or Voodoo or things like that, uh, then you're open to this to interpreting uh, something coming over you as being some external force. Um, and and so that's 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 a big part of the answer is that it, it works if you believe that it works. Yeah, absolutely. The, and and. Everybody that listens to this podcast will know, you know, I always say seeing is believing unless you see something and experience something or feel something yourself. How on earth are you expected to believe in something? Um, so for me, um, I experienced uh, we used a, a voodoo doll um, on uh, in an experiment and it blew my mind. Because it was a controlled experiment. We filmed it and I watched as somebody in a completely different part of the room, uh, room uh, building who was filmed on a time-coded camera with the camera that we had upstairs. None of us knew which person the uh, person who was putting the pins in the doll had chosen. And um, we were separated for the day. Um, and then when we said, okay, let's do it, the exactly the same time, exactly to the second that he put the pin in, the receiver was just in agony and in the right place. And they were in different parts of the building. I mean, it was, at, and we've got it on film. So it was as, as controlled as we could get it. Um, and it just blew my mind because, you know, and I'm one of the exec producers on the show and there's no fakery, there's no this. So I knew what was happening. And this is the second time that we've done it. And both times um, it's worked. And it, but there's part of me thinking, and I'm a believer, but I like to look at the logic in things. I'm not, I'm not a, you know, oh gosh, there's a gust of wind at the, wind, uh, the window, therefore it must be a ghost. I have to look at everything logically before you, you come to the paranormal. So for me, I went through absolutely everything for weeks, sort of like looking at the footage closely, making, you know, all of that. And I cannot think what on earth happened. I can't give a logical explanation as to why that happened, why the pin and the person reacted at exactly the same time and in exactly the same place, if that makes sense. Possession, again, I've seen so many people flailing around on the floor and they were convinced they were possessed. 
They actually genuinely thought in their head, I am possessed and I am getting information from a, from the spirit world. And they really believe that. And then they're coming out of, with information that I, I have uh, and my colleagues have sneakily put out on a piece of paper, knowing that it would be read and then therefore it's then regurgitated during the possession, but the information was wrong. So I, I did. I, I wanted to test to see. I thought, okay, well, how possessed is this person? How much information is this person really picking up? And then we did this quite a few times. And there was only one person that I've ever worked with who never been possessed at all, but was picking up things that um, cannot be explained. And again, they were under control in, in an inc- controlled environment. So. To me, I find it absolutely fascinating that when I speak to somebody like yourself, you know, that again, I I love talking to, um, you know, like-minded people as it were. I'm kind of open-minded, but skeptical at the same time, if you you know what I mean. As you should be. That's how how everybody should be, frankly. (laughs) Exactly. So how do you explain that then with the, you know, with what I saw? Sure. Well, well, there's a couple of things. I mean, the one thing to keep in mind is that, is that it's only in terms of, Possession more generally, um, it's it's the, the idea that possession is somehow scary or frightening or harmful um, is kind of a it's it's, it's uh, in many ways it has its roots in, in Roman Catholicism because if you look in, in the belief system of Voodoo, it's not it's not scary it's not something to be feared it's it's something that's invited. Right, so so people who, who believe in Voodoo, they'll, they'll go to the um, the, uh, the the mambos, the, the the hogans, and they will ask to be, you know, as mediators between this and the other world, just as imams are, just as priests are, and so on. Um, they'll go to them and they'll they will seek out these these experiences because the during these possessions they are they're given uh, wisdom, they're given insights into their lives, and sometimes they're allowed to communicate with their family members and so on. And so it's 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 a it's a very different thing, for example, than you might see in horror films, for example, The Exorcist, uh, which is of course done by William Peter Blatty and then turned into the the William Friedkin film and, and has it sort of sort of set the stage for what pop culture ideas about exorcism are. But anyway, my point is that that's that that's a, that's one very narrow specific version of exorcism, whereas in many religions, including. A, Buddha, as I mentioned, um, it's not feared. It's it's welcomed. It's 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 you know it's it's sought out, and then the, then the uh, the it, they're guided into and out of the possession. So it's not it's not an evil, scary entity entering their bodies and doing things. It's something that is um, that's it's enriching their lives. Um, and in terms of you know the the curses, right? So you have this notion of larger spirits entering. Um, and, and causing harm and causing bad things happen to people. And I, I see this on all the time. Unfortunately, I get, I get emails from people a few times a year who seek me out because, um, because my writings on curses. And I've had people, in fact, on just uh, about two, three weeks ago, I had a woman contact me who asked me for help in removing a curse. And it was because she she said to me, look, you know, I, I I'm bad things are happening in my life, in, in my life. And, you know, I don't know what to do. And I think an enemy, uh, an enemy has 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 cursed me. And usually the, the reason they got the idea of a curse is they went to a psychic. They went to somebody who believes in this and, and the psychic told them. Uh, very unethically, in my opinion, told them that the reason you're having bad things happen to you 
is because you've been cursed. And oh, and by the way, fortunately for you, I can take, <laughs> I can it, take off. it off. I can take it off with if you pay right. me X amount. I, I, yeah. I need I need I need fifty quid, and I can take care of this for you. Oh, um, gosh. And anyway, so but there, there's lots of parallels there. So, it, but in terms of the experiment that you de- you described. It's interesting. I'd actually really be, be – I don't know anything about it. Obviously, you just told me about it. I would be mm-hmm. curious to, to, to see more of the details on it. One thing that, that struck me was that um, you know, when, you're talking about, um, when you're talking about putting uh, pins in voodoo dolls, that is distinct from possession. Yes. So that would actually be, yeah, that would be closer to something, for example, uh, telekinesis allegedly or, or cursing, right? Because you, you're, you're doing, you're causing some action in distance. And so I, I, th- I think it's important to make a distinction here between the idea that a voodoo doll is causing a person to be possessed by a spirit, which is not the claim. And that's not the premise of, of, of that. I can't explain it because again, I, I don't know anything about the experiment. I'd love to see the timestamps and sort of see all the yeah, participants. Yeah, absolutely. I can organize that and send it to you. Um, cause, uh, yeah. I'd love oh it. my yeah, gosh, but... you've got so much, so much stuff to send you. Actually, if you're interested, you'll be like, Oh my God, I wish I'd never, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll clear <laughs> yeah, the calendar. I wish, this woman, I wish I'd never met this woman. She's insane. Um, so what about, cause obviously you do, you, you, you talk about hexes and curses and so on. So it's it's amazing. What's the most famous story um, that you can think of or an example where somebody has completely altered their lives because of a hex or a curse? Where it, or, you know, it's, something has, has gone so wrong, they've actually, you know, damaged themselves because they can't live like that anymore. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's lots of different varieties and versions of, of hexes and curses. Uh, as I mentioned, they sort of have a similar theme in that, that they believe that otherwise mundane ordinary things uh, that are happening to them are the result of curses. And when people come to me asking for help in removing curses, um, I, I, I have a background in psychology. And so I sort of bring that into it. And I try to explain to them and say, look, you know, I don't know whether you're cursed or not. I, I, I really don't. You know, you're, you're a stranger. You just contacted me. Um, so I don't know what your situation is. But assuming assuming that they're being honest and truthful, not trolling me, I said, you know, it, it, assuming they believe this, then I said, I, one of the things I point out to them is I said, look, you know, bad things happen to everybody. Everybody has, you know, if you go to a psychic and the psychic says, oh, you know, have you had anything bad happen to you recently? Everyone's going to say yes. You know, that somebody got in a car accident or, you know, or, or someone's credit card got stolen or, you know, somebody came down with COVID. I mean, everybody can think of something bad that happened. And if you reframe that bad thing, that otherwise mundane, ordinary bad thing that can happen to most people, if you reframe that in your mind as the result of a curse or a hex, then you're going to see that as evidence of one, whether whether that's you know, whether it's associated or not. So it, it's some of those little techniques like that that I sort of try and I try and bring to people to help them understand why what they're experiencing may not in fact be a curse. So it's just you basically talking common sense to them, isn't it? Really? <laughs> well, I, that's uh, it's kind of you to put it that way. <laughs> I would. Um, well, I mean, it, it's part of its common sense. Part of it is is a background in psychology. Part of it is just having done this for a long time. I, I've been doing research investigations for twenty some years now, uh, including in in, in curses and, and, and ghosts and odd beliefs and things like that. And so, but what I try to do when possible is to help people because oftentimes, as a skeptical investigator. 
I end up debunking or disproving claims. I end up showing that this probably is not a Bigfoot photo. This is probably not a ghost photo of routes. Um, and, and which, you know, sometimes people are grateful for that. Some, sometimes they aren't, but it's important to keep in mind that whether or not these things are real, people believe they're real. And as I mentioned before, part of people, you know, part of the reason that these things do have power over people is because they believe they're real. And so if you can sort of introduce little cracks of light or little bits of skepticism, or as you mentioned, uh, common sense, uh, then you can sort of, you, I can sort of help them say, okay, well, hold on, maybe, you know, maybe not everything bad that's happening to me at any given time or week is a result of a curse. And you say, okay, well, that's right. And so therefore, you know, how would we know, you know, it, once you introduce that ambiguity and you sort of break the spell, if you will, then people can start to see, okay, well, maybe, maybe I'm being conned. Maybe the psychic is not really trying to help me out. Maybe, maybe they're trying to get money out of me to remove some non-existent mm. curse. Well, thank God for people like you in that way, you know, because as we know, and we talked about it on this podcast many times, there are so many charlatans out there that are willing to take your money. And there are so many people out there who are desperate for answers. You know, they've lost loved ones. They want to communicate with their loved ones. They want to know that they're all right because they need closure. They need to be happy. They need to know that their loved ones are happy wherever they may be. And so there are some, not all, psychics out there that will latch onto that or, for instance, say exactly what you said was, oh, you've had a round of bad luck. Oh, dear, that's terrible. Well, for, you know, 50 quid, I can take that off you. And I think it's such a shame, but I think it's nice that you can have, um, you know, obviously great that there are people out there like yourself that can say, hang on a minute now, let's look at it this way. And, you know, it makes people feel so much better knowing that there is another side and another way to look at things. But going back to, you know, um, seeing is believing and because people believe things so much, that's when, you know, like possession or they, they believe in ghosts, therefore they're going to see one or people that don't believe will never see a ghost. For me, my, in my experience, it's because a lot of people like yourself, and I'm pointing my finger, might shut themselves off from opening up that other world, you know? And so because you've brought that veil down, the other side go, well, we're not going to communicate with, with, with him. He's not ready. And maybe one day um, you will be ready and something will happen. I mean, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, um, Dr. Brian uh, Weiss, um, who I'm reading his books at the moment, all about reincarnation and so on. And he was a psychologist, a doctor in psychologist and a real skeptic until he had something happen to him and then it just blew his world completely apart and then he started helping other people um, come to terms with you know some of their problems in this life might be attached to regression so maybe who knows Benjamin in a few years time something might happen to you and you go oh my god I'm a believer yes <laughs> well, that's you know that's a point I've, I've heard that pro that point brought up in, in the past and the, you know I, I think you know there may be some truth to that but the other part of the answer is that these phenomena are not are not real or not real depending on my personal beliefs um, so th this is why we bring in uh, double blind studies. This is why we do science is because whether things out there are real, things being curses, things being ghosts, things being whatever else does not depend on whether I personally or you personally or anybody believes or does. 
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Doesn't believe. Uh, it, it, it depends on, on the, the weight of the evidence. And so, you know, we can, we can examine uh, whether predict- psychic predictions happen. We can examine whether or not uh, curses uh, can, can, can affect people. I mean, you know, you, we can look at it psychologically. We can look at it folklorically. Um, so there are independent objective ways of determining these things. Absolutely. And I think it's, 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 you know, I could have experienced, which I have done many things. So I believe, but at the end of the day, you know, like you said, if I was to bring this to you, you know, my evidence, it has to be, uh, you know, controlled. It has to be so that you can view it and go, right, she's done everything right. She's got everything in place. Oh my God, this is incredible. Otherwise, it's not it's not worth it it's not even worth your time so you're absolutely right and that's what i love about how our two worlds can collide you know where you can have you know really good conversations and because sometimes you'll go up to people who are completely um you know cynics and they won't even give you the time of day and poo-poo your beliefs and poo-poo you know they don't want to talk about it and think it's all a load of old rubbish and you see i think I think that's unfair and I think it's it's great that you know people like myself and you can sit down and and have a really good old chat about it. The only thing we're missing Benjamin is a glass of wine. <laughs> Well, it's uh, it's uh, it's eight in the morning where I am, but uh, I'm open to it. Oh, it's, okay, uh, cup of tea. Yeah, so uh, bring on, bring on the plonk. Okay, let's do this. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, Benjamin. Thank you so very, very much. And um, one thing I, I think you know, I can uh, sort of clarify for anybody listening who's worried that they may be hexed or they've got a curse on them. And I do know a few people like that. What's your advice? Final advice, just before you go. Uh, my final advice would be just to, to not assume that. Uh, uh, psychics or other people that are telling about the curses have your best interest at heart. They may or they may not. Uh, and just to try and seek out alternative explanations and just realize that uh, it's possible it's a curse, but it's also possible that it's not. And if it's not, then you're you're needlessly frightening yourself. Thank you so very much, Benjamin. And I will definitely send over that voodoo doll thing on film, which you will, which you will, you will enjoy. <laughs> yes, I look forward to it. Thank you. 
I can't wait to hear the paranormal stories you've sent in to us. Does your child remember their previous life? Or have you had a paranormal encounter with a ghost, extraterrestrial or something unexplained? Send us a voice note into this address, paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com. That's paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com. And you could be featured on the next episode.